Hey guys, over the past couple of weeks, we've been telling you about FT Edit. It's this great app for your iPhone and iPad that gives you access to eight of the FT's best stories every weekday. Well, today, Dr. Tim Spector is standing in as guest editor, and he's curated topics that are close to his heart, like nutrition, healthcare, science, and sustainability. He's also written a bonus article explaining why they're all so important. You can read today's guest edit by Dr. Tim Spector completely free with no obligation. Find the link to FT Edit in our show notes. Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, March 29th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The head of J.P. Morgan will testify over his bank's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. And IPOs are hot in the Middle East. Plus, the FT's James King tells us why China has been issuing bailout loans to countries in its overseas lending program. The Chinese government needs to protect the loans that its own banks have made. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Sources tell the FT that J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon will testify under oath about the bank's decision to keep Jeffrey Epstein on as a client. The deposition follows two lawsuits. One is from an alleged victim of the late sex offender. The other is from the U.S. Virgin Islands, where Epstein had a home. The suits claim that J.P. Morgan benefited from human trafficking and ignored internal warnings about Epstein's behavior. Epstein banked with J.P. Morgan from 1998 until 2013. The lender has described the claims as meritless. Diamond's deposition is scheduled for May. It will be held behind closed doors. The Middle East has become a hotspot for initial public offerings. Last year, a record 51 companies raised $22 billion on the public market, mostly on exchanges in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and Riyadh. Here's the FT's Gulf correspondent, Simeon Kerr. I mean, we've really seen it start with the big oil and gas companies. I mean, these are the most biggest and profitable companies in this oil-rich region. The Aramco IPO generated huge interest. Aramco, the Saudi energy giant, huge interest around the world. And also we've seen in Abu Dhabi National Oil Company spinning off various of its subsidiaries, uh, a whole string of them through petrol distribution to petrochemicals. That's what kick-started it. Then there's also been other government-related entities going public. Now what we're seeing is increasingly Purely private sector firms are coming in. Family businesses are a huge part of the business scene here. So, Simeon, why is this happening now? I guess the real reason that we're seeing this are various confluence of factors coming together at the same time. Oil prices have been high for a sustained period of time. There's much more political stability than we've had in recent years. And then at the same time, many of the big governments in the regions have launched big reform programs, including privatizations. All this is coming together to drive capital markets activity. Now, there have been market booms in the Gulf before. Uh, Is this one any different? What's different this time is the size of the offerings and the number of the offerings in terms of companies coming, going public. Different kinds of companies, uh, more of them uh, raising more. I mean, really, these markets feel that they are reflecting 
the region coming, you know, taking its place in the global financial world after, you know, having played such an important part in terms of crude oil markets and increasingly investing huge oil and gas revenues abroad. Now the region is trying to diversify itself away from oil. And a big part of that is a focus on capital markets and a focus on privatization. That's the FT's golf correspondent, Simeon Kerr. U.S. prosecutors have accused former FTX chief executive Sam Bankman-Fried of bribing Chinese officials. This brings the number of counts against the former CEO of the crypto exchange to 13. FTX collapsed last November in what's being called one of the biggest financial frauds in U.S. history. The U.S. filed a revised indictment yesterday that alleges Bankman-Fried paid $40 million in cryptocurrency to one or more Chinese government officials. And he did this to try and regain access to trading accounts that had been frozen by Chinese authorities. Bankman-Fried is currently on bail at his parents' house in California. He's awaiting trial after being extradited from his home in the Bahamas. A study out this week shows that China granted more than $100 billion in rescue loans between 2019 and the end of 2021. The bailout loans went to developing countries across the globe, like Argentina, Belarus, and Mongolia. They're part of China's huge overseas lending program called Belt and Road. The FT's global China editor, James King, says the findings are big. This is the first time that we've seen the total number of China's bailout loans to its famous Belt and Road Initiative. It it shows that the Belt and Road Initiative is really in trouble. Um, Not to put too fine a point on it, it shows the wheels are coming off. So James, the FT's reported on projects that China has funded in countries like Sri Lanka that have gone sour. Do these bailout loans go to troubled projects directly? Actually, the lion's share of this $240 billion in loans is what's called swap line lending. What this really means is that this is a loan from the Chinese central bank to the central bank of that developing country to prevent that country from, you know, defaulting on, on a whole raft of Chinese loans. That is aimed at preventing that country from effectively going bust, rather like Sri Lanka is at the moment. Why doesn't China just let these countries default? The Chinese government needs to protect the loans that its own banks have made to those countries. Um, If there was going to be widespread default throughout the developing world, those Chinese banks would really suffer because uh, they have been engaged in lending to the Belt and Road Initiative over the last, you know, decade or so. You know, the Belt and Road Initiative is, is really all about recycling Chinese finance and getting projects for China's big construction companies and winning friends in the developing world. This has been China's big political push. So this study was done by the World Bank and researchers in the U.S. and Germany And it looked at Beijing's bailout loans in the three years leading up to 2021. Do you have a sense of what's happened since then? 
all the indications are that uh, another huge chunk of rescue lending was necessary in 2022 and will be again in 2023. So the big question is, when does China get off the hook of all of this rescue lending around the world? Um, you know, with the current financial environment of heavy debts and rising interest rates as the developed world tries to fight inflation, this only means that the debt stress in the developing world is intensifying. So if it suddenly stops lending, that will precipitate defaults in these countries and lead to further defaults. And it may well be that China has to increase this level of uh, rescue loans to the developing world. It's a very uncomfortable situation that Beijing finds itself in. James King is the FT's Global China Editor. Thanks, James. Thank you very much. Before we go, Apple is pushing further into finance. It may not have a bank yet, but yesterday the iPhone maker launched its own Buy Now, Pay Later program. That's the online installment payment service that consumers use when they can't pay the whole amount immediately. You might have seen brands like Affirm and Klarna pushing the option when you're checking out online. Apple's getting help with its new service from Goldman Sachs, and it'll use MasterCard's network since Apple doesn't have its own license to issue payment credentials directly. So what's this new service called? I actually got to hand it to them on this one. It's, it's pretty good. It's Apple Pay Later. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.